Rock the Ripple. Rock the Ripple. The Rock the Ripple Podcast with Narita McInnes. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rock the Ripple podcast. I'm your host, Narita McInnes. It is so awesome to be here with you as always. And before we dive into today's conversation, which I cannot wait to jump into, I just wanted to give you a quick little reminder that the doors to the Frequency Shift Mastermind kicking off on Tuesday, the 9th of January. Uh, closing very, very soon. So if you're keen to work together and with a like-minded group of awesome humans bringing their biggest goals, dreams and vision to life and all that sort of fun stuff, uh, I will pop the link in the description and show notes so you can click through. And if it does ring your bells, I cannot wait to work with you. So with that said, I am now so excited because I have one of my favorite people ready to talk to back on the podcast. She is the one and only beautiful inside and out, Rachel Vaughan. Rachel, welcome to the show. Lovely to see you, beautiful lady. Great to be here. Oh, so good to be here with you. (laughs) We're matching today, aren't we? We're matching. Yeah, we are matching today. Yep. Totally didn't plan that, so it's just awesome. (laughs) All I like is your colour. It's my colour. And it never used to be, so isn't that interesting? (laughs) Um, So before we dive in, last time we spoke, I was so excited and just wrapped up in our conversation that at the end I totally forgot to say, Hey, Rachel, where can people find you? So I am doing that at the start today so that you can let people know where they can find you. And then I'll try and remember at the end again too, but I don't want to forget. <laughs> oh, you're gorgeous. Okay, so I'm um so as my name is spelt here, I'm on Telegram, I'm on Rumble, BitChute, and I'm on YouTube. And I'm always trying to direct people away from YouTube, but um, you know, if, if YouTube is the platform that you like to watch, then you you'll find updates from me on there, but usually it's all directing you towards BitChute and Rumble or Telegram. Telegram, excellent. Yep. Now that's great. And we'll pop those links in the description as well. So now the reason, well, oh, there's so many reasons, but we've got you back on today because I'm saying we, that's everyone. Um, <laughs> because I really wanted to chat more about the psychic development course that you do and all of the things that sort of encompasses that. Uh, because to me, that's one of my favorite topics. It's one of my favorite things to explore. We're multidimensional beings and we have these gifts and when we allow it, um, we're able to tap into it. Um, so I'm not sure exactly where to start, but maybe do you want to just talk a bit about that, what you're doing and, um, yeah, just share a bit from from there. Beautiful. Well, if for, for people who know me for um, the allegations I've made against the cult that I was brought up in, I was brought up in a satanic cult um, and I was opened up psychically from a very young age. And during that process, I developed a communication and a, um, you know, a, a relationship with spirit guides that have protected me, kept me alive during that time um, and have helped me during my adult life as well and still are with me. And it's that communication with those guides that helps me to read for people. So I do psychic readings and have done for the last 20 years in a professional way. Um, And apparently professional is when you you actually earn your living entirely from it. So I would say, you know, probably about eight years ago, that was when it was, you know, I was in a, making enough money to live um, through that work. So I guess I've probably, you know, been professional for the eight years, but I've been working um, and being paid for it for 20 years. But, of course, I was being used in that way as a child as well. So it's pretty much a lifelong thing that I've done. It's my passion. It's what I love to do. Um, I've, I feel, you know, if you go into it with the mindset of helping, you, you find that people do get help from it. So... 
so it's I mean it encompasses so many different areas so you know I work with people one of my favorite ways of looking at it now um one of my course members mentioned this to me Rachel she said why don't you describe it as soul coaching because that's more likely mm. what it is you know you've got readers and then you've got people who try and help you to find your purpose in life and that's my main thing and in relation to that I over the over my lifetime I've been reading auras and recognizing that certain auric representations or presentations relate to certain characteristics personality traits abilities gifts um and life purposes so i've i've devised this um chart i suppose of colors in reference to what presents in the aura and what that relates to with people so we've discussed your frequency and, and what that relates to and it fits very well with what you're doing and it's mm. very appropriate what you're doing in fact, I would say as a high achiever, you've even come out with your public stuff before you had even got to the level where you would be forced to do it. Um, mm. You know, so it's just it's just beautiful. And I'm noticing this more and more, actually. People are really ramping it up. Um, so that's that's the main part of what I do. I also teach a psychic development course because I think at the moment with everything that's going on, the last four years of insanity, people are just looking at their life and saying, well, I'm not going to work for the man anymore. I don't want to be a slave. I want to do what I came here to do. Mm. And so that's that's why I decided to sort of put this out. It's actually my dear friend, Max Lowen, who just said to me one day, why don't you do a psychic development course? I was like, oh, do. <laughs> why didn't I think of that? It's <laughs> interesting because, you know, I've had a lot of programming and a lot of conditioning as a child not to do anything psychically. I uh, went against that, obviously, for the last 20 years working and getting paid for it. But um to do the actual course and to teach it has been like I've had to I've had to face a lot of stuff, but it's been so worth it. And mm. I, I I could actually say I'm quite comfortable with it now. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Um, I've taught four courses now, and mm. so I'm coming up into the the fifth starts in January. That's that course is full, but I'm still taking names for March, and there'll be another one in May. And who knows? Sometime in the future, it might be a monthly thing as as opposed to bi monthly. Mm. And in the course, I teach people how to read auras, how to recognise ley lines because they are visible, um, how to, through their auric frequency, how to work out what their sole purpose is so that they know which direction to go in um, and, you know, how to intuit the otherworldly entities that we exist in this third dimensional space with. And a lot of those entities do present more frequently and um, more obviously in the ley systems. Mm. And ley lines are basically... Um, areas of frequency that are like corridors of energy that run all over the earth's surface there's a really um, wonderful book by Rory Duff uh, about energy nodes lines and vortexes it's a little guidebook and in that he says that there's not you know a, there's scarcely a square kilometer on the earth face of the earth that does not have one of these ley lines in it they're just everywhere Mm. And they are what you would describe as the Earth's meridians, I suppose, the lays. And where the lays cross over are like chakra points or nodes or vortexes. The really large ones are more like the chakras. So just like the the meridians and the chakras of the physical body are where the soul operates the body through. That's why the way I like to see it. The aura is the soul around the body. The chakras and meridians are the points through which the soul um, animates the body, kind of like a puppet. Mm. so the earth's very similar she has this soul energy and it, and it operates and runs through those meridians and chakra points and when you're talking about the chakra points there are different kinds of ley line there are different um powers or um the, 
I wouldn't necessarily say they're different frequencies, but they're they're more powerful, I suppose. So you've got dragon lines. Up until 2012, according to Rory Duff, there were only three pairs of these dragon lines. Mm. Uh, in 2017, another one appeared. 2018 and 2019, two more appeared. So now there's far more dragon lines. They are the, the biggest lays. Um, and where they cross over are the Earth's actual chakra points. So, for instance, in Australia, we've got Uluru. Mm-hmm. so that's where two dragon lines cross over uh and yeah it's it's pretty obviously very powerful energy there i've been there and it freaked me out it yeah. took me ages to even face going up on the rock because i was terrified yeah. i didn't really understand what i was feeling at the time it was 2020 and um i wasn't advanced as far as my, my psychic ability is now and i didn't know mm. all of these things about the, the chakras and the, and the lines of the earth I remember sitting there in the car for 20 minutes watching all these people going up and down the rock. Like, they were fine. Kids. Mm. And then this old lady came down and was like, oh, this is ridiculous. I've got to go up there. And the person I was with at the time didn't want to go up because he was being respectful. Mm. And, I, and I also had that concern too because I didn't want to be disrespectful. Yeah. Um, but then it felt like a calling. So eventually I, I got up there. And it was completely silent on that rock. There was, I was with about 20 people had all gone up at the same time. Everybody was silent. Nobody said a word. There was no bird sounds. There was no wind. It was it was not creepy. It was just, it was like being in a vortex. It was like being in a vacuum. It was wow. so strange. Uh, but it's something I'll never forget, and I'm so glad I did actually go up there. Mm. I don't know that you're allowed to anymore. I think they stopped that. So yeah. I think, now, When was that? How long ago, did you say? I, I I think it was a few years ago. I honestly, yeah. honestly don't know. I just heard yeah. it, so I haven't checked it out, but people yeah. need to look into it. But, yeah, mm. um, it's probably for the best. Mm. But, yeah, it was a profound experience. I'll never wow. forget that. So, mm. so yeah, we've, we've you know, the, there's so many things that we don't learn about in the mainstream about the way our body works, our chakras and meridians are extremely important, our energy centres are really important, our soul is really important to our health. Mm. We don't learn those things in, in mainstream medicine. We don't learn about, you know, things like ley lines in mainstream science. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we're so dumbed down. So, you know, part, that's part of the reason why I also wanted to share some of what I know as well. And it's from a perspective of somebody who's seen the dark and the light. So I think, you know, it's it's a bit more balanced um, when it comes from somebody like a survivor of SRA. You're mm-hmm. going to get a balanced sort of picture it's not all love, light and rainbows out there. You've got to be careful. You yeah. do, don't you? You absolutely do. And I, I mean, and that's the thing. And that's why I love what you're doing as well with this course and just um, teaching about this because otherwise, how do we know? How do we know? And I know because I've done your course and it was phenomenal. And the so if you, by the way, if you haven't done Rachel's course and you are curious, definitely get on the waiting list. Um, but, yeah, I like just being able to see these portals and um, like and it also what it does for me too is make sense of different um, areas that I've been to before. Like, you know, you pick up on energy like as someone who feels and I'm sure a lot of people watching this um, are people who uh, can feel energy. Um, you, you, you look back and go, oh, you know where I was, that was probably like I was walking on a ley line or walking through a portal or, you know, that sort of stuff. It really brings it to light, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Mm. And so for people wanting to see what we're talking about, um, I did do, I, I should have brought some slides in today, but, um, next time, 
but I did do a press slide presentation. I've done one for the Sky to Earth Academy, not the one that's presently running, but the one previous with Dave and Mad Madeline Holmes. Um, I'm sorry, Dave Holmes. <laughs> um, and then um, I did one for Max Lowen's Unbroken Summit, which just which just finished on Monday. Um, but that's a paid one, so you have to pay to get in. Um, the the lays, if you're standing in the lay, you can actually see them because they are perfect circles. Mm -hmm. you're much better off to see them out in nature. You can see them on grass, interestingly, but um, out in nature where there's trees and plants because the trees and plants avoid growing within the lays. Mm. And the typical lays in the South Coast area, where uh, South Australia, where, where I um, love to go and visit and check out, they're typically about two metres across and they hover just above the ground, one to two inches above the ground. The plants and trees avoid growing within them if the trees do grow in them, they become quite tortured and misshapen. Something mm. about the frequency that the, the plants and trees kind of end up kind of, they go grow around it. So you'll get these bowed sort of branches and just spaces. And because there's the plants and trees avoid growing within them, the animals then use them as tracks and you get these natural tracks. Now, a lot of our roads, a lot of our streets are based on very old tracks the animals used to use and the kangaroos love the lays um and so you know a lot of what we walk now is are these energy lines but you know when you got into streetscapes and and, and cities it gets skewed because you can't see it as easily so i don't think you're going to go out into sub suburbia you know and see a lot of these things it's really out in nature that you want to be able to go and check it out but you will see these anomalies where these 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 circles appear in nature beautifully they do get picked up by um, photographs so you can photograph them easily but you can see them either way whether or not you've, you've got a whether it's a photograph or not and one of the very um, accurate ways to pick up on this is to allow yourself to use what's called relaxed vision so um, the father of curly and photographer Walter Kilner said that if you are, if you utilize a relaxed vision you will pick up a different aspect of the electromagnetic spectrum or different aspects than you would with focused vision so I'm looking at you now, I can see the details of your face, I can see your beautiful eyes, but if I let my eyes go out of focus and mm. so I can just see, just you become a little bit fuzzier, I don't see mm. all the exact lines. Mm. That's the that's the relaxed vision that you need to use. And it's exactly the same as when you're trying to look at somebody's aura and I didn't realise I was going to be talking about the aura, but because if I you want to look at yours. somebody's etheric, yeah. Yeah. you can see it. So, so I've, I've always got a white background now in, in interviews because it's important because I know when I watch interviews with people with a white background, I can check out their aura. Mm. So one really simple part of the aura that you can see is called the etheric. It's the first part of the aura, and it's a very fuzzy line that's usually about a centimetre to an inch wide mm. around the shoulders and head of a person. So I'm just mm. going to move over here so people can see it. Yeah. So if you're using relaxed vision, you let your eyes go out of focus and just keep focusing, say, on this, this sort of part of, of my body, you should eventually see what looks like a much brighter white line around me. Mm -hmm. it's, it's about this thick today. So um, it's actually, I can actually see it shooting up on top of my head. So I'm obviously, I'm, mm. I'm animated and excited because the aura's <laughs> got, gotten much top wider at the top, which is, which is typical because that's where the crown chakra is. Mm. Um, and I'm, and I'm channeling at the moment. So you, you've got this, this fuzzy line. So that is what that relaxed vision looks like. Mm. So if you use that same relaxed vision um, and look at, say, a tree line on a sunny day, you'll actually see the aura of the trees. It's fabulous. Same mm -hmm. white fuzzy line. Um, you can sometimes see it shooting up, like, like I just saw in my crown chakra. Um, 
if you look at a person against a light background, so you've got a really perfect background for reading people's auras too. Mm. So if you if you were to stare at Narita for um, a long period of time and use the relaxed vision, you might actually start to see some of the colour also around the head. So the colour will appear sort of around this area or, or sometimes even further out mm. so you can see it. So not everybody can see the colour aspect of the aura. Mm. I do think there's a... I do think there might be an element with um, people with um, central heterochromia or, or um, heterochromia, which is a different kind of eye colour, mm. um, iris colour. I think there might be some different aspects of the electromagnetic spectrum that get picked up with people with different eye colours. Mm. Um, and obviously I've talked about that in other interviews, um, but I think that might be a factor. So, you know, certain people have heightened psychic abilities or heightened abilities because of different physiological you know things and it's, it's just like people growing up in certain cultures get taught mm. about these things from early on and so they they learn to use those skills earlier on doesn't make mm. anybody any better than anybody else it's just you know it's just what you're given mm. so yeah so you know it's it's amazing to me that I seem to be the only person who's talking about this that I'm aware of the indigenous people do talk about song lines they talk mm. about these dream lines it seems pretty obvious to me they must be able to see them too but yeah. perhaps somewhere along the line it hasn't been interpreted for us or we haven't been shared, hasn't been shared with the greater community. There was a guy called Alfred Watkins who wrote a book in 1925, which I talk about in the course, and he's like the father of information on ley lines, um, and he was an early photographer. And even in his book, some of the plates that he's got in there, you can see because the lays refract light differently there's it's a different sound frequency that runs through the lays and that's proven by the dowsers who go out and um, find them it it refracts light differently so Rory Duff actually has a, a couple of quotes in his book where he talks about that how light and and sound ref, they interfere they they inter inter intercorrelate and you can see in some of the the photographs early photographs that Watkins has taken you can see the lays in his pictures mm. And, you know, he's got all these photographs of all these markers along the lay systems in the UK. Um, you've got marked stones, marked trees. Um, and it's interesting, the marked stones that are used tend to have these piezoelectric qualities. And that has been interpreted by modernity and also um, past civilizations that they would put these big obelisks up mm. that are also piezoelectric stone Things like um, I don't I don't know if the Easter Island statues were necessarily put there because of laser portals, but um, there's definitely a piezoelectric aspect to the the stones that were carved or whatever so, they however they shaped them that way. Yeah, so they shaped so they shaped it in a certain way to then like to to make the most of the is that what they're doing? Is the energy. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. So some of these mark stones I think were just there to say, hey, there's there's a lay here, everybody. Mm. That's where the lay is. Some of them are harnessing stones. If you look at the Vatican, the central aspect of the Vatican, it's got an, an obelisk, or uh, whatever those pointy monoliths that look like phallic symbols. Mm. And at the top, there's even a copper, a little copper intricate thing that they've put at the top to harness the energy again. Yeah. And if you look at the Vatican again, you can see all these lines coming into that central obelisk, which I think are marking four lays going into that big portal space. Mm. And you know, I, I don't want to go too much into the gory stuff with um with this interview, but you know, that Vatican space, you can see the portal is marked out. So where mm. the lays cross over, they create a, a sphere of energy. The portal's marked out in the Vatican the way that it's designed. Mm. It's obelisk in the center. 
And underneath, because the portal is so large, it does encompass above and below ground. Most of these portals, the smaller ones with the layers crossed, they sit above the ground. Mm. The really big ones like the chakra points encompass some area underground as well. And the Vatican has several layers. My, my friend Max Lowen, who's an SRA survivor, has talked about this at length, mm. where they do some pretty horrific things. Yeah, I've heard yeah. her talk about that, actually. And I think Jeanette Archer as well. Uh, yeah. It's, it's I, I just, know other survivors at the Vatican as well, so and, and mm. they all cry. And I heard their stories individually, yes. you know, before they knew each other. Yeah. Um, they they do, so so the Satanists, the psychopaths of the earth, mm. um, those that are, you know, in these cults, they do these rituals in these spaces, in, in the portals and lays um, for a reason, and it's because the ley lines themselves, they are the earth's energy lines but they are also fifth dimensional energy so the third dimension is where we exist we've got all these things that we can touch and feel there's a, a fourth dimension of time which is also purgatory when you're a soul without a human body it's a purgatory space it's timeless which is interesting um, and then you've got the fifth dimensional um, element which is the lays and off that fifth dimensional energy system which is like a big corridor or like a it's like a corridor in a house with all these doors coming off it and all the doors that come off that fifth dimensional corridor are the dimensional doors to the heavenly realms and the hellish realms. Mm. But this is how we as souls move into different dimensions after death. We mm. go out of the body, it takes a couple of, couple of weeks generally unless we're cremated for the soul energy to come out of the body completely. And then we will be usually, there's a doorway that's open for us and that will take us to a lay system. And then we'll go off to the dimension that we're meant to go. Mm. So the Satanists, knowing this, also know that if they do something horrific, so death opens a doorway, mm. um, they will they will do some sort of, they'll, they'll sacrifice an animal or, or a person in these base systems to open up doorways so they can then call in whatever entity that they want to call in. And because they're doing something horrific and evil, they're going to open up a hellish door. If they were going in and doing something really loving, kind that open up angelic doors and we'd have a bunch of angels wandering around on the earth mm. so we this is part of the reason why i wanted to teach this information to people in my course it's because we need an army of light souls going into those lays and calling in beautiful energies um and bringing in positive intent to counteract what the satanists have been doing for millennia mm. and that is the war that is how we win the energetic war everything that we do in life starts with the thought then it's mm. brought together with into action by intent and then it occurs and it, it materialises in the third dimension, mm. second dimension being the intent. This is what we need to do. Yeah. So we can have all these people doing all these crazy things in third dimensional reality, but unless the intent behind it is that we're going to come out of this nightmare and go into something really positive, we're just going to keep floundering. Mm. You know you know what, Rachel, this is, might sound really funny to some people, but it reminds me of Ghostbusters. I don't know if you ever watched Ghostbusters and they had the slime underneath the everything and, like, when the, um, I don't know which one it is and when the guy um, is inside and he has that evil person in the painting and because he's so evil it's bringing up uh, the slime is turning everything evil but they realise that they if they start singing and they're of positive intent, that is what um, diffuses it all. So I must have missed that part of the film. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah, yeah it is. Wow. And that I think it's just like a really simple way of us sort of, um, you know, <laughs> understanding how easy it can be. Yeah. Uh, and so when people are in that fear state or um, and like 
you know, that's when it would just um, create more of the same. Whereas, you know, of course we're so powerful. So all we need to do is flip it. And it, sometimes the, the th it just, it's so simple, isn't it really? Yeah, it is incredibly simple. It really mm. is. Um, and look, this doesn't require any saviour to come in to help no, us. Exactly. This is us going in saying, oh, no, nah, don't want this, don't want this life that they're creating, um, mm. want to counteract it. And going in and actually doing it themselves. And, you know, yeah, Julia Starr on. I, I just yeah. loved what she was saying because I, I I was chatting to her one day and I said, you've got to do this beginning part of my course because you're, you know, you're a vocalist you're mm. a musician, and her energy is so beautiful. And I just, I, I had a vision of her actually going out and doing it. So I just yeah. blurted it out and said, come and do my course. Yeah. Um, she came and did the first session. And then to, to to watch your interview with her, I just, my heart was singing. It was like, oh, I'm so excited. It's working. It's working. So it's happening. So, you know, we are so powerful. We can mm. turn this around. Mm. We just energetically, we can do it. There doesn't have to be any wars or fighting. It's, mm. it's energetic. And so quite frankly, that will change the way that they can manipulate things. Mm. So this is why they do their projection movies. This is why they... They try to put everybody in a fear state constantly because they know that if we all do this powerful intent and manifestation, they're done. Yeah. We're so yeah. close. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And and Julia, oh, my gosh, she's amazing. I was just chatting with her yesterday um, and, yeah, I said to her, I planted some seeds around that too. I'm like, don't forget the music stuff and I'll, I'll, I'm here, <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> Um, and yeah, had some awesome comments on that video too. There was, I think there was a lady called Bronwyn who mentioned a lady um, who has been singing in some of the song lines overseas. Um, yes. yes, I saw oh, that God. comment. That was fantastic. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, so that was awesome too. And it's just, it's bringing that awareness, isn't it? So when more of us just know, then we're just more consciously creating because we're creators. So the more consciously we create, then the more we can do this. So having people coming into their power and, and in balance, you know, balanced approach and just go, all right, I'm just, or just like rock the ripple, rock the song line, you know, <laughs> in the most positive way, you know, and I just, I love that. I just, I feel like that's like, it's happening and it's going to be happening more and more. Don't you reckon? Absolutely. Yeah. So one, another one of my course members contacted me yesterday to say that she was in Thailand um, uh, with some doing a sound resonance course, which is just so perfect. She just finished my course and she's off to do the sound resonance course in Thailand. And she had met some people. She had <laughs> taken them outside and had shown them some of the ley lines around where they were working. And oh, so they were then excited about, you know, learning more about it. So this is the beautiful thing because that's part of what I say in the course is that I, this doesn't belong to me. This is, I don't own this. This mm -hmm. is supposed to be shared. So go out and tell people, show people, you know, like-minded people who can understand it. Mm -hmm. um, and that because the word needs to be spread. Yeah. And now is the right time for it. I really feel like it's just, it's now. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm just one person. And like I said, there's, a, there's this thing called lay sighting that Alfred Watkins describes in his book. Um, so that's the long straight road if anybody wants to read it. Um, lay sighting you can see them you can see them so you know it, it makes perfect sense to me that people could see this way back then and, and Alfred Watkins he didn't write it in his book but somebody else has put it in as like a forward or a preface or something or an intro where he actually had a vision he went up on a hill one day he was on his horse looked out over this particular part of the countryside and suddenly saw 
the whole crisscrossing of all the ley lines mm. had this incredible epiphany and then he spent several years mapping it out finding all these mark stones and finding hey that mark stone lines up with that one with that one with that one there's churches along the way there's mounds and tumps tumps being these like dirt mounds mm. that they would also use to mark them out yeah. and i've since discovered that some of these portal spaces where the lays cross over are above ground some of the bigger ones can actually hover above the ground i think they build the tumps and the and the mounds to bring themselves up into the portal space so they could use it mm. so the romans knew this they were using those portal spaces um they had they had um you know unfortunately they had their sacrificial stones uh, along a lot of these lays in those areas because again you know the problem is with people they want they want power Mm. And that's one way if you're going to call in demonic entities, you're going to end up with some sort of, I don't know, agreement with them, I suppose, and get power out of it. Um, but it's just incredible what he did. He was a pioneer in this area. It gets even more complicated when you start to look at the fact that a lot of these crop circles that happen in the world occur in areas where you have crossing of lays, you've got these sacred sites, Um um, Glastonbury or Avesbury Stone Circles, one example, um, Castle Hill, I think it's called. There's tumps and mounds all over the place there, um, and the, the crop circles happen in the same spot. So I think I think a lot of ancient people noticed the crop circles because they've been mm. happening for a very long time and thought, oh, we'll mark that out because that's significant because it probably happened in the same spot over and over and over again, and they probably realised that's the earth or a communication of sorts from, from the spirit world. Mm. Which, which brings me to another wonderful um, quote from, from um, Afro Botkin's book where the Romans had actually dedicated one particular spot to um, the spirit of the forest is how they described it. So, And that's where you look into, you know, you get these paradolic visions in the lays as well, which is something I discuss quite a lot in my course. And par paradolia is where psychology likes to make it sound like oh it's just some weird factor that you know you just get this weird idea in your head that something like a rock that might have a face in it or a tree or a plant more likely that has a face in it a humanoid face and that you might see that for a moment and then it disappears but it's the feeling that you get with it when you see it because it can be quite unnerving and it can actually be quite spiritual and beautiful experience well the romans dedicated some of these places to the spirit of the forest and then you've got these apparitions called the green man that you see in just about every single church on the Roman pagan sites in the UK. They were dedicating or they basically all the people in the t at the time when the churches were being built believed in this spirit of the forest, which is um, described as the green man. That's what they call it now. And so you've got these carvings of the green man in stone or in wood or whatever in all of these churches. Mm -hmm. And I was watching a BBC documentary on it and they were talking about how they the early church did that because the pagans would not have followed Christianity if they didn't put in the element of the spirits of the forest because that was their earlier religion. That's what they believed in. It mm. was significant to them. So you're going again to, you know, and people might say, oh, you know, they didn't, you know, they were, they were I don't know, heathens or whatever. Um, but you can still see these things, you know, so many of the people in my course have sent me pictures. You've sent me pictures where you've yeah. seen things that look really interesting and have, lo and behold, you're actually in a portal or a lay at, in that point. 
mm. where you're taking those photographs and the ones that you sent me were spectacular mm. oh. and it wasn't just one in one spot you had like five in that <laughs> one spot which is so beautiful and there just happened to be two lays right next to each other and mm. then a portal space a bit further back where they crossed mm. yeah so there's all these different markers that sort of point out where these lays and portals are mm. if you know what the signs are it's very easy to find them yeah and and that's why I'm just I'm so grateful to have learned that from you and I think if people as well and I think you've said this too like you might be out in nature and you might take some photos and you might actually not see something right away but when you flick back through you're like actually you know there's this thing here and you can I mean it's clear as day you can just see it and it's um it's so beautiful isn't it yes it's gorgeous yeah Mm. that was one of the ways that I noticed what I was seeing was actually significant was I'd go out because I just like going out in nature anyway I just love it I need it mm. you know I just need need that clearing of my, my aura yeah that's something people don't realize when you go out into nature if you go near the ocean there's negative ions that come off areas of endemic scrub because of the mycelium and the ocean because of the water slapping against itself and those negative ions repair the soul system so the aura has at times with negative emotions it can get broken down so there's a shield around the outer aura that can get broken down and then you can get, you know, depleted. You can mm. be energetically depleted. So going out in nature re- sort of revives you on a mm. soul level. And so I would just be going out in nature because I just love it. It makes me feel so good. And I would be taking thousands of photographs because I love photography. And then I would go back home afterwards and it'd be like Christmas. I'd be looking at my photographs. <laughs> and when you see a photograph in a thumbnail in a small space and it's got a portal right in the middle of it, it is really obvious because you mm. can just see this, that there's a circle there. What's the circle doing there? Mm. And then you go over your photographs and then you realise it's in multiple photographs Then you go back and you use relaxed vision and, oh, my God, it's still there. And then you do a 360 in that spot. Mm. So you stand in the portal and you do a 360. You just take photos all the way around, every different angle. And, and then from the outside of the portal all the way around, you walk all the way around and take photographs. Where you're facing it on, and to certain degrees either side, you can see it. If you're on the side of it, you usually can't see it. If it's a lay, you won't be able to see it on the side, but you can see it when you're in it. Mm. Um, there, there, there's all these ways that we can sort of actually map these things out and sort of prove it on a scientific level using photography. Mm. So that's another part of what I'm, I'm sort of planning to do. I've, I've started doing it already. Um, and just speaking about these apparitions or these paradolic visions, supposedly paradolic visions or the spirit of the forest, um, there's one spot in Currency Creek that I photographed a lot, but there's an actual a turn-off just to get there. This it's just a um a big um three-way um road, mm-hmm. but it's got the train going through it as well. There's a canoe tree um on the side, which is where an ended indigenous people used to cut out the bark of a tree not to kill the tree either they were very careful not to kill the tree but it would create a large scar on the tree's surface I believe that they're actually usually taking those canoe trees from the portal spaces because there was some sort of protection over the trees in those areas Mm. so the canoe trees can be a sign a a, a marker like a marked tree Um, and this is you know this is Australian indigenous people who did this this is different to Alfred Watkins talking about marked trees over in the UK yeah um and right next to where that um, canoe tree is, I photographed one time the um, shadow apparition of an indig- Indigenous individual, which I did show in the course. A little bit further over from that in the same intersection is another tree that there's a, a what I call a grandfather tree because there's a, a face of a grandfather in the bark. Um, and I went back there after teaching the course 
a few times I went back because I thought there's something really significant in that area to have all those apparitions in that one spot. The canoe tree is there. I'd learnt a lot more. And there's a massive portal there that I didn't even realise until I went back and checked it out. Mm -hmm. So I've got to go over those photos again and sort of um, show it. But again, the trees in that area are completely tortured. There's a whole series of them standing next to each other and all of their branches are bowed down onto the ground. They create this beautiful tunnel. It's just spectacular. So these are all things that people need to look out for if they want to find these portal spaces. Mm. And the thing is, the portals and the meridians want to be seen. They want to be found because mm-hmm. the secret societies know where they are. They use them. The earth mm-hmm. doesn't want to be. We think about the, the um, this is going on YouTube, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the companies that own the world, there's one particular one that talks about something like a, a dead planet. It's a black something or other. I won't say the name. Yeah. <laughs> they own everything. That's yeah. what they want to do. That's what yeah. they're trying to create. And the earth doesn't want that. No. She doesn't want to die. She needs our help, basically. Yeah. Um, I know Clint Walker's talked about that in the Spider Earth Academy, that the nature... Um, country, gets no lonely. country gets lonely. Yeah. yeah. Of people. We are here as her custodians. We need to be her voice. So, mm-hmm. again, you know, we've got to get out into the lays with a positive intent, using music, sound frequencies, um, singing. I think mm-hmm. singing's really powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another thing I also wanted to mention too. You know, there used to be bells that would ring out 432 hertz um, chimes apparently in the churches and they took those down. And one, one one thing that I read was apparently they took them down to create ammunition for wars. I mean, talk about taking something that used to be oh. something loving and, and send out a healing frequency. Apparently, I, I don't know that that's the truth, but that's what mm. I've read. Mm. And then turning it into a weapon. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So we don't have church bills. We don't have church bills. And I'm I'm not a religious person. I don't I'm not no. I certainly don't, don't ascribe to, to Catholicism or anything like that. Um big believer in, in Jesus Christ being an incredible individual, mm. but I'm I'm just not into religions. But yeah, I mean how how skewed can you get? How yeah. evil is that? It's so evil. It's just that inverted thing again, isn't it? It's just it's nuts. And of course with the music too, like the four thirty two hertz and having the um, powers that were, I guess you could say, changing it to 440 hertz so that, um, and that's throughout our music. So I know there's a lot of people out there who are very aware of this now and they um, intentionally put the 432 hertz into their music to help with that. But, I mean, how will you know otherwise? How will you know? Well, that's another thing too. It, you don't want to be playing music that's in a minor key in the lays either. We mm. need major Okay. Because minor keys are, are, they're not negative, but they make people feel sad. They bring you down. Yes. yes. We need positive. We need major, major keys. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, while you're saying that, I'm just picturing all, all the people that we're connected with, just like having this awesome, like, major keys rock out in the ley lines, <laughs> just at different places all across the um, globe it would just be amazing. Um, yeah, it's just, it's so powerful. Um, and I, I guess too, like, because we all have different experiences and a way of connecting with spirit, um, with our higher self, whatever we, you know, however we term it for ourselves, that makes sense. And just being aware of how powerful we are and that we really do have, we all have this innate gift to be able to see auras, to be able to see the song lines. And even if, um, in the portals and even if we can't see them right away like be just set the intention that please show me I want to see this like you know like it all comes back to intention too doesn't it 
it does yeah that's beautiful yeah mm. so uh, a lot of people are having the experience now of being woken up about two or three in the morning and they can't get back to sleep and they're not realizing that because as I've, I've said before on my telegram channel um I had this download in in May of this year that we'd come to the end of this 25,000 year incarnation cycle mm. because all the other cycles talk about it being 26,000 years I think we've actually got a thousand years coming where we can have a beautiful beautiful time here Mm. so um because my gods are very adamant 25 not 26 it's at the end of a 25,000 year cycle okay really? yeah we are, not, we are no longer beholden to soul contracts or negative karmic debts and oh that's right we're yeah. not attached to people in the same way that we were before we would have had soul contracts with all these people we've come to the end of that mm. so people are feeling really lost and we don't because we don't have this um you know they say it's it's written it's not written for us now. Um, we, we now get to choose. It's it's all about free will. So when our guides want to communicate with us, when they need directives, when, when we need to tell them what we want, they will wake us up two or three in the morning and we just get woken up and we don't know how to get back to sleep. If you find a way to communicate with your guides at that time, you can tell them what you want. Always say, you know, if that is for, for my highest good because you mm. don't want to. And you never ask for anything bad to happen to other people because that's just the absolute opposite of what you want to do Yeah. because um, it affects people on a soul level. Um, so altruistic outcomes where you want to sort of help people, um, where you want the earth to be happy, healthy, where you can be pro have prosperity without it taking from anybody else. Mm. Um, those things you can ask for. Um, mm. And then your guides know what you're doing. They know what you want. They probably stop waking them up. Yeah, <laughs> you might be able to get a nice night's sleep. Yeah, <laughs> finally. <laughs> and it still happens to me, even though I do this, I do this work. I, I talk with them a lot throughout the days because I, I work, you know, five six days of the week doing mm. readings for people. But it's usually about other people, not necessarily for me. So mm. they still wake me up, and I still have to tell them what I want. But usually, in the process, I'll fall asleep pretty quickly. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a good reminder too, because I think I've heard you say that. Um, to me before and and because you're tired you wake up and you're like oh I want to go back to sleep but actually no ask for what you want and you know be clear about it um, with a loving heart and all that sort of jazz um, that's and then you'll fall back to sleep <laughs> yeah it works really well yeah um, it's not because they want to annoy us no because I've often asked why now yeah <laughs> <laughs> really i'm gonna get up in the morning i've got stuff i gotta do yeah it's because we don't have any other distractions mm. um we're not likely to get up and start playing on a phone or being in front of a computer screen where all the light's going to wake us up because of mm. circadian rhythm you do not want to have light around you when you're trying to sleep so you know you're just going to lie there and, and basically you're, you're you're in a state and usually you're in a, you're in a mind state because you've just come out of sleep where you're more likely to be able to tune into them you you, you would hear them and I don't, I'm not clear audience anymore. I, I shut that off from childhood, but mm. where you would get information, you would, you would have that communication. So mm. it's, you know, if you, if you don't know how to speak to your guides, meditate. Yeah. Use some sort of meditation. There's, there's some wonderful guided medica meditations where you can actually meet spirit guides, mm. but just be careful with those too, because if it doesn't feel right, shut it off because yeah, yeah you got to be careful with that sort of thing. That's why it helps to always use things like energetic protection when you're going to be doing that sort of work. Mm, yeah and uh, you're so right like it if it if something doesn't feel right can it like and your your body knows so how your body responds or if you get an insight a, a picture drop in or however it might be for you um that's yeah it's you just go nuts 
and and let it go. Um, and that I think with that too, that helps us to learn to trust ourselves more and to trust our intuition and our guidance more. And the more we practice it, I mean, it's like anything, like the more we practice something, the better we get at it, the better in tune that we become. We just yeah. have to allow ourselves that time and be patient with ourselves sometimes too, don't we? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, things like um, the electromagnetic frequencies that we're bathed in constantly now when we live in cities or if we're, you know, if we're constantly working with, with devices, it can interfere with that channel. Mm. So that's another reason why they wake us up at two or three because we don't have those interferences in the same way. Mm. So it's good to not have your phone in your room um, and have your Wi-Fi turned off or yes. have it um, grounded into the wall, however, whatever it's called, you know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so technical, I'm so good at that. Um, yeah, it's just, and I'm, I'm just fascinated because there's so many experiences. Like I know I've had my own experiences with different people and um, like seeing things and feeling things and um, being able to like have those experiences. And I think what that does is like when you when you're open to that and you, and you see that like you can't deny it it's like a knowing you know what i mean like um and i'm sure people listening to this will can relate like you just you just know yeah, yeah. and i know that you've said as well I, I think it was you i can't remember now um but like if you're seeing something out of the, your peripheral vision as well maybe you could talk a bit about that too <laughs> yeah absolutely okay so if you look at the electromagnetic spectrum it is vast in fact it technically could be endless we might only have an idea of what how fast it is but if you look at a chart on that you will see that the light spectrum the, the rainbow colors that we see is this tiny little fraction it mm. is just infinitesimal there um there are a different combination of rods and cones in the retina that pick up frequencies outside of the normal rainbow frequency um through through the peripheral vision so ultraviolet and infrared you can pick up peripherally but you can't pick it up staring directly at something mm. and this is another thing Walter Kilner was talking about the father of Kirlian photography with relaxed vision you're going to see a different uh, area of the electromagnetic spectrum that you wouldn't be able to see if you're totally focused and seeing someone someone with 20 vision for example mm. The ultraviolet aspect of the electromagnetic spectrum is where you will get your angelic beings or your sylph-type entities, fairy sylph entities, will appear in ultraviolet light. Mm. Your darker entities, your shadow entities, your dark souls, lost souls, those sorts of things, or dark lost souls, there's, there's also ghosts that appear in black and white, um, they'll, they'll turn up in the in infrared. So infrared tends to come up more as, um, you know, a shadow so you might see a shadow out of the corner of your eye. If you're seeing an angelic being or a sylph, you might see a light, a, um, an orb, uh, a bright spark. So that will give you a bit of an idea of the sort of um, el elementals or um, entities that you might pick up with the peripheral vision. But you quite yeah. often you'll, you'll pick something up and you try and look at it and you won't be able to see it, but you go back and it's still there. Mm. So, so pay attention to those things and pay attention to the way you feel. If you're your hair on the back of your neck stands up when you see a shadow mm. that when you look at it it's not there but when you go back it's still there that's a sign that there's something that you don't want to be interfering with or, or interacting with um and maybe you might need to do use some sort of healing or protective modality to, to remove it from your space mm. 
interesting the phenomena of haunting I've, I've got a fascination with hauntings and i I've, I've watched so many programs on it probably because i had so many horrible experiences as a child and saw so many of these entities and you know the confirmations in these programs that i've had have been quite spectacular when you have houses that you live in that have oddly shaped rooms circular rooms or hexagonal or octagonal rooms you will most likely get, if there's going to be any kind of manifestation in that house, it'll be in that weirdly shaped room. Mm. So this, again, is another manifestation of a portal or a crossing of ley lines, just as corridors in houses are a manifestation, physical manifestation of what a fifth dimensional ley line is like with all the doorways coming off being dimensions. So we, we you know, it's, it's something to do with sacred geometry, I think. Um, Rory Duff again speaks about, um, as a dowser, that where you get these crossings of lays, you, it creates these um, geometrical shapes. So it's not just the spheres and the portals that I see vis visually, but with dowsing, they can, they can actually be quite involved, look like flowers and things, quite amazing. And some of them are hexagonal. Mm. Some of them are, um, you know, they've got spiky bits off them. So if you've got a weirdly shaped house, you've got a representation of that. Um, and so you're going to get, it's going to act like a portal with doorways that mm. you're going to get. So even in that BBC documentary that I mentioned before where they were talking about the Green Man and all the churches that have been built on these um, Roman pagan sites, there even was a hexagonal, I did show it in the course, a hexagonal room that looked like a, it's obviously over where, where the um, the actual sacrificial stone probably was in that pagan site. Mm. And it's just creepy as, creepy as, it's just horrible. And even in that room or right near it, they actually, I think it was actually in that, hexagonal room they showed um a depiction that the stonemason had put um into stone of two hounds pulling apart a rabbit of all things you know yeah. and it's just where this, this sacrificial site would have been so again that collecting of the blood and the adrenochrome and all of those things I don't want to say too much because i know this is going on youtube um so uh, you know i i would never move into a house that had a cylindrical room no or a turret or, <laughs> or a hexagonal room I would avoid that. Um, if I, you know, I would also avoid houses with long, long corridors, mm. lots of doors coming off. That that's just my, you know, that's my my opinion that you're going to have more manifestations in those sorts of spaces. Mm. So people need to be smart about um, where they want to live. If if you're highly psychic, you would avoid those places. If you're completely dumbed down and you're not you're not even going to worry about it, you're going to go into those places and have no problems. The trouble is that you know that the most dumbed down non-psychic people can have psychic children and then those kids have to deal with that with a parent mm. that's not help them or protect them yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and, and on that note with kids being you know protected um i have a real issue with mirrors in children's bedrooms i think it's really um cruel <laughs> i think it's mm. cruel because mirrors throughout millennia have been considered scrying tools um you never have two mirrors facing each other uh, I think it's a Korean belief system where that you don't do that or Japanese, something along those lines, where you just do not have them facing each other because you're just inviting something in. Mm. People have to be smart with their mirrors too, and it's just not a good idea to have mirrors in, in any bedroom, mm. but least of all a ch child's bedroom because children are very naturally psychic and they pick up on things and it's, it's you know, you're more likely to get manifestations in a child's bedroom than you are anybody else's room in the house, depending even where they, where, what, what the bedroom shape is because the children are attraction for these entities unfortunately this is why we have things like monsters inc movies and stuff they know 
Mm. Hollywood people know all about this sort of thing because they're all part of the secret societies. Mm. Um, so, you know, keep mirrors out of children's bedrooms if you can. You know, sometimes it's not possible, but just, yeah. just to keep the kids safe. Yeah, it's funny you're thinking that and I'm thinking of a person and their child and, and wondering, is there a mirror in that room? I'm going to have to <laughs> say, yeah. Uh, I mean, and that's the thing, and I've heard you spoke, speak about that before because that's it. It acts as a portal as well, or looking glass almost is sort of thing. Yeah. So it's 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 a it's a doorway. Yeah. I'll put it that yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's so interesting. And when you were talking before about um the the houses with the different like I, I can picture I'm sure other people too you can picture those um houses that are in those sort of haunting type movies or and they do have that round room that goes all the way up with the thing at the top. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It just. It just adds to it as well. Yeah, so don't get a house like that. <laughs> and if you've got one, that's all right. I'm sure there's... And avoid underground spaces, you know. I, yeah. I wouldn't buy a house with a cellar or and obviously I'm biased, but cellars and, um, you know, underground spaces are... There's a lot of entities, dark entities, that don't want to be on the surface. They have to be underground. Mm. And you're just inviting them in. But if you've got a living space um, that you go into, they're, they're, they're going to be there. So, you know, there's people that live in their, their mother's basement or whatever. You're thinking, you know, oh my God, what a nightmare. Not wow. good for the, not good for the human soul. Not healthy. You wouldn't put an animal in a basement. That would be no. incredibly cruel, but people do it. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's no windows either. Like, no, exactly. And that's the reason why they're comfortable in that space. It's partly because it's a different dimensional space because the third dimension's surface. Mm. Uh, but also it's because the absence of light makes them more comfortable. So dark entities do not like light. Mm, mm, yeah, far out. It's just nuts. <laughs> There's so many things, isn't there? Oh, my gosh. Um, do you have anything that's popping up right now just to, like, to chin wag on around this or anything that's sort of dropping in? Oh, gosh. Well, I guess um, the factors around, you know, the aura being something that can be tapped into is something that people also need to take into consideration. So again, I, I teach in my course how to protect yourself energetically mm. and sound resonance can be a really powerful way to do that. Going out to areas of nature because the mycelium lets go that beautiful negative ion energy. And we were talking before about how um, storms actually let release positive ions um mm. so it sounds odd because you think negative positive positive would be good negative would be bad it's the other way around for the soul system so mm. the negative ions at the ocean repair the soul system and this is why dogs go mental when you take them to the beach because they are so happy it's an antidepressant it's the best thing in the world for a dog it's the best mm. thing in the world for a person so if you can get down to the beach get that beautiful energy into your system when you have an electrical storm you've actually got positive ions so people can often get headaches or migraines and they can feel antsy and it's not necessarily just because the elements seem to be on it on the attack it's because the energy in the in this in the area is is it's not good it's not good for the soul system mm. so it's weird we've had a lot of as you know a crazy weather in adelaide over the last week and it's just been just a weird energy it's just been an uncomfortable energy um yeah so areas of nature sort of release those beautiful negative ions that are positively affecting just like the ocean does so when I talk about sound frequency being protective, there's lots of different ways that you can use sound as a healing tool for the aura so and for the soul. Mm. Again, the soul being, you know, the aura is the soul that doesn't fit in the body, basically. That's what your soul looks like. Um, and it's eternal and it's conscious. And the mind is actually not anything to do with the, the brain. 
um, yes, the brain has some sort of elements to do with function because when you get catastrophic, catastrophic brain injuries, there are elements of the physical body that don't work and that makes sense. But I've always seen mind as a consciousness thing to do with the soul, not to do with the brain as such. Mm. And every cell in the body has consciousness and memory, by the way. Mm. Um, so, um, so when you're talking about sound frequencies for healing the soul, you basically, if you just went out and got a, um, a 432 hertz tuning fork and tapped that and ran that around your body, around your aura on a daily basis, that's incredibly protecting. It just it dislodges anything that might be attaching. Mm. Uh, it, it tunes your energy up to a high frequency. Yep. Playing the guitar, playing an instrument, mm. as long as you love doing it. If, if your parents are making you do something like that and you hate it, it's not going to be good for you. <laughs> if you love it, if it's something you're called to do and you enjoy, amazing, especially with the guitar because you hold it right up against your body mm. and it resonates through your whole body as you're playing. That's brilliant. That's fantastic. Any, any kind of mus musical instrument that you love, is good for you as long as it's being played harmoniously as well Dis disharmony is not good for the soul system so um yeah there's there's many many different ways and obviously with your intent too to be protected to be healed to have your energy positively affected that's mm -hmm. why it works if you're hating it it's not going to work for you there's lots of different ways that people can protect themselves and make themselves healthy and it doesn't necessarily have to be nutrition mm. You know, I mean, that's one very powerful element. But, you know, if your soul's unhappy and sick, it doesn't matter what you put in the body, it's yeah. going to stay sick. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree with that more because um, that's the same with the, the work that I do too. Like if you're not consciously uh, reprogramming your subconscious mind for what it is that you do want, like, yeah, or doing the work, doing the healing work, um all that sort of stuff. Um, you could be the healthiest eater in the whole world, but if you're not working on that stuff, it just it won't matter, will it? Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So and that's you know the thing with depression as well. Depression has a lot to do with, you know, it has to do with gut health. It has to do with nutrition, but it also has to do with whether or not you're actually following your soul purpose. If you're here doing something that you can't stand, and you know you've got this burning desire to do something. But everybody around you is saying, oh, you'll never make money out of that. Oh, you'll never make a living out of that. You can't do that. You, you know, you've got to do this. Mm. Your soul, you're here for a human experience, but to do something profound. Yeah. Nobody is alive on earth at the moment just to be an NPC. Yeah. We've all come here at this time en masse mm. because we knew there was going to be this massive spiritual fight and only some of us would be able to stand up. And so there had to be enough of us so that those some of us could stand up. Mm. Um, most people at the moment have just got this incredible calling to do whatever they're supposed to be doing here. Mm. Follow it. Don't listen to anybody who's telling you you can't do it. Ignore that. Mm. Turn that off. Yeah. Focus on what you're supposed to be doing because abundance comes. If you need a roof over your head, you will have it if you follow your heart and follow what you're supposed to be doing. It will happen. Yeah. Maybe you're supposed to be homeless. Maybe maybe not having a roof over your head is something that's actually supposed to happen because that's part of a lesson. Then you get to a level where that never happens again. Yes. So, you know, we're all, and I'm not, I'm not advocating homelessness, but mm. I know people who've housed that for long periods of time and they are the best manifestors I've ever known because they never know from one week to the next where they're going to live, mm. but something always happens and works out for them and they can do that for years at a time. If, if, if there was some sort of way to test the soul and to go up in, in, in frequency because 
not having territory is something that humans and animals find very, very difficult. You look mm. at all of the animal world, what are they always fighting over? Territory, a space, mm. somewhere to exist. Um, if you can transcend that as a human, that's spectacular. It really, really impresses me. I was speaking to someone about this yesterday mm. um, and, and she didn't even realise how powerful she was. You know, it, it, yeah, it's just amazing. That is so cool That because that, I mean, you really are just putting your trust and faith into into it and you're manifesting like just like, oh, I know where I'll be living. So so she didn't realise that she was just making that, oh, wow, uh, I bet you she does now because <laughs> that's phenomenal. I really hope so. Yeah, I really hope so. Um, mm. And I've known many people who've, who've, who've lived like that for years mm. at a time yeah. and I've just been just gobsmacked at it. Mm. But they don't, they don't understand how spectacular that is. They don't understand how powerful that is mm. because it's just easy for them. Yeah. So this is the thing with manifestation. You know, if you um, have a vision of something that you want to have happen and you just hold that vision and you ignore the naysayers and you ignore your programming and the conditioning and you just hold that vision, if and when you get to that vision and it happens for you, nothing can stop you from producing a new vision and keep mm. following that and keep just keep doing that in your life mm. it's, that's the most powerful form of manifestation mm. yeah and that's I think we spoke about that last time like we I mean we're always doing it and we just don't give ourselves credit for it like we're just like it's just I want this to happen and you have a bit and it happens and like that it's just the proof right there. You're just creating. You are creating and it happens in the mind first and then you it happens outwardly. And I just, yeah, I love that. I love it so much. I love all this shit so much. It's just we're so powerful. And like I so love what you said as well. Like if there is something, and I say it too, because there, if there's something on your heart that you want to do, to feel, to experience, to create, whatever it is, that is there for a reason. It's there for a purpose. And you're so right. Like maybe you are supposed to, feel like you're pushing shit uphill for a while because then when you do um from that you you know you've been in the trenches you get what it's all about you're not coming from some uh airy fairy approach you're coming from a grounded place of knowing uh what's involved and then when you're helping other people you know where they're at you know where they're at and you can walk with them and say hey it's going to be okay you got this you know yeah, mm. yeah. so my suggestion to people when they want to find out what their sole purpose is even if they can't read the aura and, and, you know, work out what that, that sort of correlates to, go with what makes your heart sing. Mm. If you if you didn't have to worry about money, what would you do with your life? Yeah. And then check in with that. Is that about ego? Are you trying to impress somebody? Is this because somebody always said you couldn't do it? Mm. Or is it because it really does mean something to you and if you feel this calling, um, was it something you wanted to do when you were little? Mm. You know, is it is it something that, you know, if everything else fell away, you'd just do um that's usually what your life purpose is that's what you've come here to do mm. and again you know this whole process this last four years of of this you know heavy top-down approach of, of trying to squash us all is only making more people blossom mm. it's, it's been quite spectacular and i'm really glad i came to to watch watch what's going on because it's been well worth it mm, me too me too and <laughs> it's gonna be there's still so much to come so isn't there <laughs> four years of truth four yeah. years of truth Oh, yes, the truth. Yeah, yeah. Dear mentioned to me, you know, from the twenty third of November onwards. I didn't yeah. realize the twenty third of November was really significant because November November was just shit. 
Yeah, so not. say that again. So, the, the 20, so from the 23rd. From the 20, 23rd. Yeah. We've got this, I think, it, I believe it's to do with the astrological alignments. Yeah. For the next four years, starting on the 23rd, just gone. Oh, yes. Truth. Four years of truth. That's right. Truth. You're right. And my guides have told me, because I knew the four years of truth was were coming up. I just didn't know it was that beginning was on the 23rd. Huh. My guides told me, you know, after that laughing, like this is a, this is because spirit guides have a fantastic sense of humor. If you're connecting with your spirit guides and they're downers and they're telling you your shit and they're being yeah. nasty to you, they are not your spirit guides. It's something else. Guides have the best sense of humor. So when I was curing, querying this with them, oh, wow, four years of truth, seriously, because obviously I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. I've got some yeah. justice yeah. that's supposed to come out. Um, they pointed out after about two years, we're all going to be sick of the truth, but it was oh. funny. <laughs> it's going to be so intense yeah and it's just going to be over and you know there's, there's going to be a lot of it coming out so you know so let, let me see 2026 around this time 2026 i guess we might all be a bit sick of it yeah. but it means yeah. that there's so much that's come out by then wow. um, and it's it's impossible it you know um I've, I've heard of these alignments occurring in history and at those times there are revolutions that occurred so that's what's coming that's what's coming up for us so we can be quite confident that that's going to happen doesn't mean we can just sit on our laurels and not do anything we have to mm. we have to participate follow yeah. our sole purpose you know do whatever it is that we came here to do um with courage mm. and speak up and not wait for any savior mm. yeah amen to that <laughs> fun word to use <laughs> but you know <laughs> but also <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> um you know when you're saying courage as well have you know the um david hawkins um yeah, yeah and that courage is that that frequency that's the stepping into it isn't it yeah the tipping point yeah yeah it's beautiful yeah, yeah. people so, need to look at their fear of death too because in that 25,000 year cycle, and there's been many 25,000 years, sorry, 26,000 year cycles, but mm. in our 25,000 years getting to this point, we've died many, 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 many times. Yeah. And I have died many times in this lifetime and come back. And I can tell you, it is not a nightmare. If you're mm. a good person, if you try to help people, if you're altruistic in nature, mm. when you pass over, it's not a horrible experience. No. So people get so caught up in, this is why this COVID thing ended up being so, God, I've said the word, haven't I? That's why. No, no, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> you lose your channel. But that, that situation was utilising people's fear, mm. which actually ended up them going out and doing something that could actually take them closer to that point sooner than if than if they just faced their fear and thought, well, maybe maybe I'll 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 be fine. Mm. Drives me crazy. Um, uh, it's it's a, it's something that is in us because we're not supposed to run off and kill ourselves. And I can mm. 100% point out to people that with the medium work that I do, you do not want to be suicidal. And I don't mm. want to upset anybody who's had somebody who's done that around them that they love, but you, you get stuck. And it's not permanent. Some souls can be released, and that can be something that people on earth can actively do to try and help their loved ones that, have, mm. that might be stuck because they've done that. But typically in those situations, that that soul will get stuck in the location that they've taken their life in mm. and it's it's timeless that it's a form of purgatory it's a timeless um dimension until their normal timeline would have ended here on earth oh. so i think this is such a powerful thing that we are programmed very intensely with that veil that comes over when we're born into a physical body that you this terror of death because and that's i think that's what it's about 
you know, so that we don't just opt out because yeah. it can be hard here. Yeah. Um, so, you know, again, you know, suicide, definitely not an option for anybody. Um, please do whatever you possibly can to avoid that mm. um, because it's it's not a, it's not an out. It's it's just another, it's, it's a, a far worse trap, basically, mm. for souls, and it can yeah. seem like forever. But again, like I said, they can be helped. Mm. There are certain souls that are actually that's their job to release souls like that. Mm. And that's actually part of what I'm talking about with the ley lines as well. Um, in certain circumstances, murder victims can also get stuck in that state. Um, if, if a soul is so depressed and so brought down and, and so squashed and trampled and, and tortured and traumatised, they can also get stuck in that purgatory dimension mm. or fifth, fourth or fifth dimensional energy. And I believe the lays, the earth's lays, are actually full of all these souls of these poor children, mm. people, animals that have been tortured to death. They also need releasing. So yeah. there'll be certain psychics, powerful psychics, who will learn about the lays, go out and find them, and will go in and with positive intent release, you know, mm. some of the children that we know about that, that you know, that end up in there and, and send them in the direction that they're meant to go. Yeah. Open the doorways for them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Which is just another reason why it's so important to get this information out there about the ley lines and to um, share our positive intent in there, however it might be. And like you said too, like it's, you know, there and there are people that are helping with this already as well, uh, you know, and their gift is to be able to help release uh, people who are stuck. Um, and because, you know, we can't all do everything and everyone has different gifts and abilities to be able to do and, and those people know. I think I remember you speaking about um, those people too. They they might not know, and then at one point they just they know that's what they need to do, isn't it? Like yeah. yeah. So yeah. there's some incarnate souls. So incarnate being a soul in a human body, in a in a physical body, mm. like called ushers. Yes. They are here to release. Um, so they they usually are what's the most powerful healers. I know a couple. They're mm. very rare. It's mm. a really hard life to have yeah. a physical life to have as as one of these souls, but. Their job basically is to to do this work, mm. um, and then you've got you know these these um, their counterpart is um, the non incarnate so a discarnate version of that that actually scour the human, oh, sorry that the earth plane for souls that are demonic and dark and should not be here and they mm. send them to hell. Mm. So it's interesting you know we have all these depictions in Hollywood movies of similar entities. Um, you know, there, there, there needs to be guidebooks. I mean, people need to learn about this stuff. There need to be guidebooks where people know, you know, what all these elementals are or, or entities are and which ones are good, which ones are bad. What mm. I was describing before about, you know, the loving light souls are literally that. They are mm. light. They're ultraviolet. You can see them. Yeah. Um, you know, and from the peripheral vision, the, the darker souls are all shadow. They're bereft of light, you know. So that's 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 your cutoff point. That's pretty basic, light or dark. Mm. Um, but, you know, I, I think... These sorts of things probably need to be taught, maybe not in schools, but kids should be given protective modalities at least. Mm. Uh, they certainly shouldn't be told they're crazy and they don't they don't know what they're doing or that what they're seeing is rubbish. Yeah, by the peers and the people around them because that just leaves them completely alone with these mm. experiences. And like I said, entities do go for children because they're an easy target. Mm. But you know, gosh, there's so many religions that just want to completely divorce people. From their psychic ability, partly because it's easier to control people who don't have these innate abilities, mm. partly because I think it's the fear 
of being caught up with the dark mm. because some people do get caught up with that or they get damaged by it or injured by it. But mm. you can't cut the light out just because there's dark in the elements. If you live your life in fear of the dark and don't let the light in, you're basically feeding the dark anyway. Yes. We've got all these disgusting, psychopathic, sick people on this earth who are using all of this esoteric knowledge for power and a whole bunch of people under certain religions saying, oh, can't look at that, can't do that because, you know, I'm, I, my priest told me not to and I'm not having a go at Catholics or Christians. It's just I get really frustrated with this because if you let those powerful people who are looking for power have all of that information mm-hmm. and you just go, oh, I don't want to know, I don't want to know, it's too scary, who's going to win? Yeah. <laughs> We're just sitting ducks. So, you know, and I, I get personally get frustrated because I'm pretty sure I had past lives where I got burnt at the stake. Mm. I feel quite pissed off that I'm doing this again and I have to be the person that's out there in the <laughs> front row do it, talking about this stuff again. But I think it's that important. We've it got is. to be empowered so that we can fight back. Mm. Yeah. And and that's and that's ultimately that's what it comes back to. Like when we can stand in our power and know, know who we are. And I, I think you know, I know that everyone is where they need to be and everyone has different experiences, but when we can be able to have that balanced approach and know that there's dark and light and be able to even observe that yeah. in itself, like that's when you you just, you become so powerful in yourself, uh, you know, and and you were talking as well about um, some, we need to create a guidebook. I'm like, Rachel, <laughs> I think you need to create a guidebook. And to, to have the pictures um, of, of what you were saying, but also the ley lines and the portals. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Um I did yeah. publish a book in 2017, um, which covered a lot of this, but not the lays. Yeah. Um, I wasn't ready then. I am gonna do that. I'm gonna I, I took it off shelves because I I had learnt so much in the last five years. Mm. Um well actually longer, um, because like it's 2017, so yeah, seven, seven years. Mm. But much of what I'd written there were all these other soul soul frequency levels that people had suddenly achieved all at once. Mm. Um, and I had achieved one of those soul levels. Um, and I'd written in the book about how amazing these souls are. And it would have looked like I was saying how amazing I was. And I, <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of people at this level now. And I didn't want it to, I didn't want it to be out there because I would have I would have looked like a, a goober. Um, but <laughs> I look yeah, like it, a goober all the time. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I love being a goober. But yeah, it it needs to be refashioned, so I'll be doing that somehow. Somehow I'll find time at some point. Yeah, yeah that'll be so just, cool. Oh, yeah. it, I can't wait for that. I think it'll be, there'll be a lot of people who will be waiting on the edge of their seat for that one. So, but it'll, I know it'll come through at perfect timing too. Like you just, you just have to allow it because there might be more stuff that needs to drop in still um, yeah. for yeah. that, for yeah. that. So, yeah, no, and I can relate as well because I, I wrote a book uh, around about the same time and, like, there's no way I would write it how I wrote it now and just the amount of shit that <laughs> has come through yeah. at that time. It's just yeah. it's, it's crazy, isn't it? You kind of cringe a little bit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But also it's it, it, I can also see that both are so powerful, like they're still so helpful for people as well too. So I'll be waiting for your uh, next one, that's for sure. Dun, dun, no pressure. Come on, Rachel. <laughs> I'm getting the nudge. Apparently, it's going to be ready about 2026. So now, now I've got pressure. I'll put it out there. So I'll. I'll... Well, that's when everyone's getting really like sick of the truth. So they'll just, you know, you were saying that. So they'll be like, <laughs> Rachel, now we need it. We we really need <laughs> it now. Yeah, our our brains are exploding. 
Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, uh, I know I've, I've probably talked your face off, um, which is awesome. I love talking to you. You know that. Um, so I guess, um, yeah, now that we're, we're uh, uh, coming to the end of today's chinwag, um, is there anything else that you want to say um, before we kind of wrap it up? Just thank you, Narita, for doing what your sole purpose is and, and, and following it and facing all your fears. And I know you've been talking about your own experiences lately, which is also really powerful because you're used to being on the other side. And I just mm. want to say how much I appreciate you doing that because that will help a lot of people too. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we've all got to step up now. We can't mm. just sort of sit in the background and, and wait for somebody else to do it. It's really yeah. important. Yeah, we absolutely do. Just walk through the door and just do it. And nothing bad's going to happen. You just got to do it. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. So just again, because I'm remembering this time, where can people find you, Rachel? <laughs> okay. So I probably should mention my my um, website. So yes. www.number6sixthscience.com. So, www so if you want to enroll in any of my courses or, yeah, because they're coming up this there's March and May coming up and they'll probably be um, possibly monthly after that. Um, so just go to the, to my website and enroll. And if you want to watch any of my videos, I'm on YouTube, BitChute and Rumble under my name, Rachel Vaughan. And also I'm on Telegram and just, just on Telegram, I'm being impersonated. Okay. I am not selling crypto or XLM <laughs> or whatever other stupid things. I'm not inviting people to chat groups. They're coming yeah. into my chat group and they're impersonating yeah. me. And oh my God, it's so so I don't sell any kind of crypto or anything like that mm. on Telegram. Please yeah. please be warned and don't don't fall for it. No, I, I see that so much in so many wow. different spaces. It's I, yeah. I think most people would know, but it is definitely important to say it because um, even yeah, I've seen people have multiple uh, Instagram pages made of them, and um, yeah. so it can be yeah. So definitely a good. I'm not on Facebook either. I am not on Facebook. Haven't been for years, so don't look for me there either. Yeah, yeah. So the website, uh, Telegram, Rumble, and BitChute. Yes. Awesome. Uh, Rachel, as always, it's been so bloody awesome chatting with you. Thank you for all your wisdom and knowledge and just everything that you do and share with the world. It's so awesome. And I want to say as well, thank you to you who have tuned in at home or wherever you are right now. Thank you for being here. Uh, Rachel and I both really appreciate you uh, hanging out with us as well too. So um, if you haven't already, subscribe to the channel or give it a like, thumbs up, um, review if you're listening on Apple or Spotify. Uh, but yeah, again, Rachel, just thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, darling. Love being here.